Um, I think my mom, she's mm. always like tried to motivate me. Okay. And I've, I think, you know, usually people have parents mm -hmm. where it's they're demotivated by them, but mine was different. It was kind of me demotivating myself and her trying mm. to say, you know, it's fear, it's just an emotion, just things like that. Yes. That really helped my future because it stuck with me mm. when I moved to university as well. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, I think this one was mostly about, this was a lot to do with the things I learned in university as well. Because we learn about um, human connection and how people interact with each other. We learn about miscommunication. And from that, um, I think when we get criticism, um, it's also, it's like a punch in the ego oh, yes. kind of thing. Um, yeah. And sometimes we can take it too personally when it's, yeah, it's not that personal. It's just constructive, it can even be. Yes, guys, welcome to another episode of Let Inspiration Take Over podcast. As you can notice, I've been on a bit of a hiatus, getting things ready, getting things more prepared. But I'm sure you'll be able to tell, as I and my guest have been able to tell, there's more vibrancy in the studio, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even when I started out the podcast from the first episode... I'd say the goal for me is continuous improvement. And I'm glad to say that from when I initially started, it's been improvement continuously, no matter how, you know, minuscule yeah. and that sort of thing. But you know what? Before we go into the spiel, I've got a very special guest uh, today with me. Her name is Alicia. She is a two-time author, student, entrepreneur, just all-round uh, amazing person. Welcome to the Lit Podcast, Alicia. If you just give us a brief introduction of yourself just before we get into it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, mm. I'm a writer. I'm the mm -hmm. author of Broken Image and soon to be the art feed understood. There you go. Yeah, I'm excited for the second book to publish, which will be soon. Absolutely. The art of being understood. I feel like... Is all in the title, yeah, right? It is, yeah. So <laughs> if you could take us uh, on a bit of a journey. So I was saying to you earlier, um, I was reading through, you know, the chapters of your book. Quite a few of them really just resonated with me, spoke to me because I feel like even for myself to be where I am now, you know, as a person, as a man, businessman, yeah. family man, I had to go through a journey. The journey that I went through was a self-reflection yeah. journey, you know, had to really break it down get to discover who i am as a person the core of me where i come from how i was raised and things like that and the things that matter the most yeah. to me and what i you know wanted to achieve so in doing that what i discovered is that the way i could move forward and get to my goals part of it was like setting boundaries and that sort of thing pursuing 
newer greener pastures yeah i was speaking to you earlier and telling you that's something that was a fear of mine i was a person that just did not like change do you get what yeah, i mean because I it's like same. right <laughs> yeah change is long it's so, something then, you dread so right? much and i didn't understand just how much that held me back wanting yeah. to sit in my comfortable place and comfortable zone but it wasn't until i broke that it wasn't until i set boundaries it wasn't until i started to seek greener pastures and challenges yeah. that my life changed so do you know like when i was reading the book is like the passages were jumping up to me. I was like, did you write this about me? <laughs> so the art of being misunderstood, uh, take us on a journey. Tell us a little bit about that. Where did the motivation come from for you to write this um, this book? Um, I think it was from myself because mm. I've always been interested in like psychology and, right. you know, I study social science. Okay. yeah. So um, the thing with it was, it was just self-reflection, like you said, mm-hmm. and self-improvement. Um, it's just about journey with yourself and getting to know yeah. everything. Yeah, basically you can reflect on everything about yourself with the book. Yes. And that's what I love about it. Absolutely. Now, I mean, speaking of you, as you will have noticed, I normally love to dive into the individual to find out a little bit about yourself as a person, perhaps your motivation. Are you right to tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, coming up, um, in your house, when you, when you were a kid, did you ever imagine that you'd, you'd end up being an author? No. Okay. I mean, it was <laughs> funny because I've had the dream since I was, I can't even remember, probably mm. nine or ten. Mm-hmm. But it was, I remember telling my mum about it and I said, I want to write a book. And she was like, I put this in the book. I told her, um, I want to write it. And she was like, okay, okay like you can do it. Um yeah. And I was like, no, no, I can't. Like, it's so, really? yeah, okay. it's too hard. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I gave her every reason and why I can't write you the book. You couldn't do it, yeah. yes. And how old were you then? Uh, Probably about 11 or 12. 11. Yeah. Right, okay. You know, at that age, what made you feel like you couldn't do it? Was there anything in, in particular? Um, um, I think I just, I don't know. It mm-hmm. just seemed something you know, these are people you look up to and see as so Absolutely. much higher than you. Yes. So me being 11 and just an ordinary girl, yes. um, I, it just seems so far away, a dream. Okay. But you know, coming up, you said mum was encouraging you, yeah. wasn't she? Like letting you know that this is something that you can do. Yeah. Is that something that you, you found was uh, a running theme, you know, as you were growing up, especially your formative years in your house from mum and dad or? Yeah. Okay. What was that like? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I think my mum, she's mm. always like tried to motivate me. Okay. And I've, I think, you know, usually people have parents mm-hmm. where it's, they're demotivated by them, but mine was different. It was kind of me demotivating myself and her trying mm. to say, you know, it's fear, it's just an emotion, just things like that. Yes. That really helped my future because it stuck with me mm. when I moved to university as well. There you go. And that's that changes that we were talking about. Yeah. That's a pretty big change to have yeah. taken. So you you were actually encouraged to seek like greener pastures, to go to uni and that yeah. sort of thing outside home. Yeah. Is it? Okay. No, that's absolutely brilliant. There's something that you touched on when when we spoke earlier where you were saying you're the last, you're a last born, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Right? Yeah, I'm big a middle family. Born, right. <laughs> so I've 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 kind of looked in it vaguely about, you know, the psychology of where you yeah. start in the pecking order, right? So in the pecking order, I was in the middle, right? So mm. <laughs> where I come from in like uh, African culture, the firstborn, they they exhort them because they're the, the, the first person. And then the last one, they'll protect them because they're last. Yeah. Middle, you're kind of like 
trying to find your place and seeking attention. But I feel like that's probably what helped me to become a better creative because I was always doing something outside the box and always um, seeking. But for me, luckily enough, it was just three of us siblings, uh, an older brother, a younger sister. But even that, it had its own connotation. So do you know when you told me you're like, um, you're the last one to start with? Yeah. You don't strike me as that. Right? Do I not? No, oh. I've got I've got friends that are last borns. Yeah, not speaking of them, but <laughs> and last borns yeah tend to have certain tendencies where maybe it's just me being prejudgmental, but it's more sheltered, entitled, yeah, and that sort of thing. Not trying as hard. Again, these are just preconceived notions, yeah. you know. Uh, but th- yeah, you don't strike me as a vibe. And then another thing that was really catching uh, from yourself is that you're one of eight yeah kids isn't it yeah but yet the way you speak about your mom and your parents and they paid attention to you they encouraged you i was like wow eight children that was the case so perhaps um you can tell us a little bit about what that was like being you know the youngest of eight and and just yeah being brought up with with eight other individuals yeah i think as well it wasn't just my mom like who was the influence as well because i had so many siblings Mm -hmm. uh, each and every one of them had the influence on me as well brilliant yeah yeah okay in in what way are you all right just uh yeah yeah um i think you know i'd go to them in mm-hmm. any situation it's just uh little things like that yeah where i'd ask them for advice and especially when i moved out like mm-hmm. i felt like i'd get that independence because i'd i was so used to having someone to go to mm. at every situation and ah. every single moment so no, yeah, really great. brought me out my shell. Yeah, did you feel like it's because your siblings obviously had been there? So yeah, it's like they were done always the there, you, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> and you know, yeah, yeah. they'd been yeah. in so many situations that I hadn't. Okay. So I could learn from them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think I'm mature because, you know, I had that influence from older uh, siblings and that's why I get on with older okay. people as well. Ah, that's, ab- that's absolutely brilliant. I found that interesting and fascinating. Try to to imagine it. Like, what would I have been like having grown up, like, you know, with that many siblings? Yeah. Even, you know, maybe towards the end, like, like being last born yeah. or second last. I don't know, right? <laughs> no, myself. But then obviously you wouldn't know until you were in that sort of situation. Yeah. But coming up, coming back to the book, The Art of Being, um, you know, understood. What was the process um, of you writing, you know, this book in terms of you even deciding, you know, on the chapters, what order, you know, they would go in and the content that you'd, you'd include in it. So <clears throat> I started to write the chapters when I was 17, okay. but at the time I didn't relate to the chapters. That, okay. That's, I wrote them down, mm-hmm. the titles, but I was like, I'm not starting this because I it's not going to be personal if I can't relate to it right now. Yeah. So I w- went back to it again at 18 and 19 when I could relate. And yeah, just went from there. No, that's absolutely brilliant. Was there a particular method in terms of you just deciding the order of the book? How you'd, um, you know, change it? Yeah. You know, I th- put that first, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, because absolutely. everyone, that's something everyone can relate to mm. um, and something everyone will go through. Mm-hmm. So when you say change is uncomfortable, yeah, but needed. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. talk us through that. Then what? What do you mean uh, by that when you say change is uncomfortable? Um, needed? you know, mm-hmm. it's something people dread, mm-hmm. and 
like I said in the book, I understand why. Um, okay. It's scary. It's out of your comfort zone. Um, but, you know, you look back at it mm -hmm. and you realise you learn from it. So um, it ends up being a really good thing for you. Absolutely. What are some of the changes that you've dreaded, um, you know, yourself in, in your own life as you've grown to be the person that you are now? Um, mm -hmm. You know, fear was a big part of my life until mm. I just... Yeah, I had to go through that change to flip. You know, I wouldn't have wrote a book if I, I wouldn't have published a book if I was just scared and yeah. didn't go through any change. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 No, I hear you. Like for for me personally, um, I was saying that really was one of the chapters that read, resonated with me um, the most is that the, one of the biggest changes I dreaded was like, responsibility yeah right because um you know having grown up in a household with a mum that was always there she was always on the ball she was a hard worker yeah the same she, with me she did so much that it just made us feel like we didn't have to do anything yeah so when it came to the point of having to go out there in the big bad world <laughs> yeah right it was something that was like i was dreading it's like all i know is like being at home can contribute here and there but for the majority of it mum has had it and, and and that sort of thing so for the longest time stayed close to my boys i told you i was raised you know in sheffield and that yeah. sort of thing comfortable places doing the um the comfortable things and that sort of thing i remember one time i was in a job a job that i particularly you know wasn't like a big prospect job yeah poor center job i was there for quite a while i was only meant to be there for like two years but i ended up being there for like over seven years right so <laughs> five seven years so i'm there in the job comfortable going every day they're paying me what they're paying me yeah and, you know sorting out what i need to sort out and then eventually one time i got sacked on a whim and it didn't make sense to me i was like oh my god so that that was a forced change yeah that caught me completely off guard i was like why would you do that? and i really felt like that shouldn't have happened yeah to me so the way it hit me it hit me like a ton of bricks so with that in mind i say to myself do you know what never want to be in such a situation again not only that if I am, I want to be ready so that yeah. if that happens, I can easily go, you know, somewhere else and be able to do something else. So that's partly what motivated me to go to college. Yeah. To go, um, you know, study in order to go into university. Because initially that's a whole other story, but I'd dropped out of, uh, you know, college because I just felt like, ah, oh, school wasn't for me yeah. for my own reasons and things like that. And when the job thing happened, that forced change, I was like, I need to change my attitude <laughs> yeah. about, you know, school and going to uni uh, and that sort of thing. So that involved a lot of discipline. It involved, you know, being focused. It involved really changing my habits drastically, you know, stopping going out all the time, stopping yeah. just randomly wasting and misusing my time and actually focusing on my books understanding challenges yeah. you know study and all these things and with that um end up doing really well at college that's how i ended up at um university which yeah. was another very big change but that's the story of another day but yeah <laughs> no but yeah that's the point i was trying to make <laughs> mm. like um that's why the will it matter long term mm -hmm. chapter was last because it related back to the change which was the first chapter okay and it was like when you look back at that, mm. you won't regret it. Like, no. yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. No, absolutely. You also speak of um, setting boundaries. Yeah. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. Or perhaps if you can break it down uh, yourself, what you meant uh, by that. 
Yeah, I think um, setting boundaries is important because, you know, a lot of people are not acting with the same intentions. Mm. Um, you don't know people's intentions and boundaries reflect their level of respect towards you. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's my personal opinion, but yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, no, no, absolutely. Are there any instances when, when you, where you can reference where you've had to set like your, your own boundaries and it's impacted your, your life in a particular way? Um, so for example, you're in uni, you can't be out all the time, you know, you can't not oh, be studying yeah. or, you know, it's, it's different, isn't it? From being in college and going to university, you've got assignments. It is, yeah. And that sort of thing. I think there's been a lot of nights as well when mm. I have to say like, no, I can't mm -hmm. go out. Uh, especially when I was writing the book, I was so, fo like I was fixated on it so much that I was writing it every night, every day. There you go. Yeah, when I got to university. Yeah. Um, just because I had that time, like um, it was the best time to write it. I knew I wouldn't feel mm. the same as passionate about it as I was right there because mm. I was just moved to uni. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Was there like a process that you, you had to do in terms of writing the book? So for example, like perhaps where you, you go back to it when, when you feel inspired or maybe some people might feel like, Oh, you write in the evenings, you know, that sort of thing. Or you feel maybe you'll be in the morning. Was there any particular There was. <laughs> it wasn't a good routine. about that in the book as oh. well. So, yeah. Uh, funnily <clears throat> enough, I only got my routine back once okay. I stopped finishing, <laughs> one of once I finished the book. Mm. Um, but I stayed oh, up. Oh, so you to, had to change your usual yeah. daily routine. Okay. I stayed yeah. up till 6am every okay. night. Because, wow. Yeah, because I felt like I was a better writer at night. I thought as much. Yeah, yeah every creative My has their process, on paper, right? Yeah, there you go. Every creative has their process. Yeah, yeah there you go. So, <laughs> okay. And what did that do to you? Is it like you you found yourself in an emotional state, or you found yourself more motivated or inspired at that time of night? You know, what was the difference between that and doing it in the day? Um. Yeah, it's just like my emotions were more raw. Yeah. Um, they were there and I could feel them. Whereas in the day you just have things to do and you're distracted. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. When you speak of routines, I mean, I relate it to habits. Right? Yeah. So there's a book that I, uh, I read, I forgot forgotten what the book is called, but it's about habits and how they can really impact your everyday life. Yeah. So I remember there's a time when I was looking to get into shape and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I remember the book actually saying that if you're going to change your habits, it usually takes about 30 days. Oh, I've read that right? somewhere. Have you read yeah. that book, right? But the best way to do it so that it doesn't feel like a, short, a, a, a chore is to do it coinciding with the habits that you already do. So for example, people that go to work in the morning, knowing that you have to wake up every day for work, what I did was... I'd wake up an hour earlier to get in a, a run. Yeah. So 5 a.m. in the morning, I'd go running. Because I'm thinking, I'm, I have to wake up anyway. I have to, you know, go to work. So I'd go for that jog, come back feeling so much better. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to need a lunch. So if, if I'm going to have a lunch, I'd choose to pack like a, a healthier, yeah. you know, lunch and that sort of thing. <laughs> Salad. Yeah, supplemented. Yeah. And then it's these sort of habits and changing them gradually and slowly developing a routine. A couple of months later, I'm a whole different person. 
I was looking different. I was feeling different because I feel like sometimes people try and do it all together. Yeah. I don't want to do it like straight away. But what you may not understand is that the best way to do it is like even substituting certain things. You know, you like snacks, substitute it with something, yeah. you know, healthier or, you know, there's something that you do at a certain time. Like you've said, a specific hour, use that time and say, do you know what? At this time I go to bed, but before I go to bed, I'm going to take maybe 10, 15 yeah. minutes to journal or write down you know, if you're writing a book, I want to write a book. <laughs> yeah. So start journaling and thinking in the moment to be like, okay, just before you go to bed, what comes to you about, for example, your childhood? Yeah. Yeah. What do you remember? What do you want to write down? Doesn't matter whether it will make it to the book or not, but you get into the routine yeah, of doing yeah. that. In a couple of months time, you've got an entire book. Yeah. That, say, that's so. <laughs> how it is. Yeah. There you go. It's so, like, yeah. um, even the things that I didn't like or could have taken out i didn't mm -hmm. because i was like you know someone else might like this and um it can help if it can help someone else yeah then um like it was mostly with the first book i think i liked everything in the second but okay. um as the first book was poems there were some poems where i was like i don't know if i want to include this and then other people would say no but i this is my favorite one so it's okay. just about personal preference really yeah. Absolutely. And as creatives, I feel like we hold our work so close to our heart. Yeah. That sometimes you don't understand is that the things that you feel you may feel are not perfect are the things that actually appeal the most yeah. to people. Yeah. Right. I'm very critical of my work, mm. as you can see, producing and everything <laughs> else. For every piece of work that I've done, I always feel like I could have done it better. Yeah. Whether it's the content, whether it's how it looks. So I'm constantly seeking, not perfection, but I'm just constantly seeking being better. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? But then in the process, sometimes it can be a little bit too far leaning where you don't get the work out. Whereas the better thing to do is just to sort of get yeah. it out, don't you think? Yeah. Like you said, yeah. in the art of being understood, mm -hmm. you said, I felt like I, um, you was talking to me. Well, I actually did a new style of writing. It's called narrative writing. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So you hear narrators. Yeah. I tried to do that mm -hmm. and try um, getting just that style mm. because, you know, I didn't want it to be like an essay. I wanted to have fun with it a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Are there any authors that particularly like inspire you or that you, you drew inspiration from um, red and that sort of thing i'd say richard templer and mark mm. manson really they're okay. really good yeah brilliant is, is there any particular book um the rules yeah. of thinking that was a really good book um yeah. i'd say that inspired it yeah yeah no, there you go i always find yeah as a creative we always have people that we look at and then uh, obviously pick up off of that yeah for me i'm like you know i steal from certain places but i always say originality is the best you know you, you can only really find your creativity through the process yeah so you kind of take certain things from other people and then you realize it don't work for you but you adjust until it actually it actually gets to a point to where you know it works for you yeah so as i said pretty much what i'm going to do throughout our conversation just go through the chapters as we've gone you speak about being uh, underestimated yeah yeah tell us a little bit about about that um so i think i've been in situations where i've been underestimated mm -hmm. and you know before i actually wrote the art of being understood probably and before i learned psychology and all the things i did mm -hmm. i would have took it personally but really yeah i still do <laughs> yeah no i yeah. think i would but um yeah. i'm quite 
like I can think on a subconscious level. Okay. Um, and just think that people are going through things themselves. Mm. Um, like I said, in the art of being understood, people can act on the state they're in. Um, just things like that. Yeah. And with the being underestimated chapter, that was me having a change of perspective. Okay. Um, I was saying, you know, <laughs> just use it as motivation. Yes. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, interestingly enough, that's uh, another chapter that resonates with me because I've, I've felt like that, like, let me not say throughout, but certain bits in my life, I've felt, you know, underestimated sometimes misunderstood yeah and what you've said th that actually has been one of my biggest drivers right so when somebody and you can you can kind of tell in their tone where like they're condescending or they'll say something but you can tell like the you tone can, behind you know, it is not yeah. really a compliment that's not a compliment mm. you, you know underestimate me i'm gonna show you right yeah <laughs> not like in a bad way but it's kind of like within myself i know what i'm capable of do you get what i mean and i'm like okay if i work hard enough i can bring it out of myself and can go to greater heights you you're talking about the podcast and how we got to this stage it wasn't always here yeah where it is now we started out just like as a bench and two seats and two microphones and that's it now it's a whole entire setup but it's just doing it slowly by slowly and having that thing to be like you know what this person that underestimated me eventually when they see what the vision is yeah yeah they'll be able to get a little bit more insight uh you know about me as a person it's okay if you underestimate me but i always say like do so at your own peril right yeah. <laughs> because there are a lot of ideas and a lot of creativity you know to come out and that sort of thing so yeah i found that to be quite quite interesting yeah you know? i really liked that chapter yeah. um it was just it was such a the whole book was a change of perspective for me mm. um because you know with broken image i took quite a negative approach yeah. whereas with the art being understood it was like a whole new growth yes. um this is a side that people can see to me a new side mm. yeah yeah absolutely then rolling right on into the downside of perfection yeah is it in fact you say uh, perfectionism yeah right that's something that i would like to touch on too but i'll <laughs> let you do first i think I've, I've probably spoken about it a couple of times on this podcast that's that's literally one of my strengths but it can also be one of my flaws yeah being a perfectionist so in fact at the beginning of the year i even said um to myself like you know what this is the year for me personally it's going to be a year of trial and error yeah, I'm not going to be a perfectionist, a perfectionist this year. I'm going to do bulk. I'm going to do more things. I'm going to be more daring, which means that some of them may not come out great. They may not come out perfect. I might make a fool of myself. Yeah. But because what I want is that for me to be able to get to that higher height, for me to even get to perfectionism, you have to go through those turns where things don't work. Yeah. Right. You have to go through where things don't look right. Things don't go correctly that's the only way you can adjust but if everything seems to just be working out then i can tell you now you're not trying hard enough yeah right because even for me here the, the amount of time i spend experimenting and doing things and putting them out and getting things visually and they're just not looking right but i've always been a person where it's like i'm afraid to for things not to work out or to look like an idiot right <laughs> yeah i mean i <laughs> but, get that right but yeah. then i'm like you know what this year 
So mm-hmm. who cares? If it who goes wrong, cares? it goes wrong. It goes wrong because I'm looking at the um, bigger picture and perfectionism yeah. can be a hindrance because what generally happens is you spend so much time trying to get it right that you could have spent that time actually learning from yeah. your errors. But giving back to the master, tell us <laughs> a little bit about your uh, you know perspective about perfectionism. Um, I think yeah. perfectionism, as you said, it mm. can be good. But, you know, I've had my time with it and I just think it holds you back. Yeah. It can. Absolutely. Um, Just from success, any anything, like you have to face that trial and error in order to just, you have to fail basically. Mm. And in order for it to feel good when you actually succeed. Absolutely. And yeah, so perfectionism is just yeah. an illusion. And sometimes you have to fail miserably yeah. right on your face. <laughs> because the majority of people that do great, because I told you, I follow entrepreneurs, you know, I started business and that sort of thing. And the people that have made it great have had some serious failures. So yeah. for example, like Steve Jobs, he failed miserably. He was kicked out of his own company so he had to come back rebuild but there were certain things that didn't work out before they got to the iphone and the ipad yeah similarly to uh, elon musk he almost lost everything took all the money that he'd gotten from selling previous companies reinvested it all but there was a point where it looked like it might not work and he almost lost everything that he had but because he wasn't focused too much on the perfectionism he was willing to risk it and he's risked it maybe four or five times. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Very few people are that daring that they take chances to risk it. They'll rather stay in the, I think we spoke earlier, in the Comfort comfortable zone. place, yeah. not do it. Or sometimes we just fear looking foolish. And I know that's how I was raised and being amongst my friends. I was so afraid of, you know, making a fool of myself. I was like, what, what are you scared of? Yeah. So what? Do you get what yeah. I mean? How are you going to live yeah. if you're not doing that? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about my an, an anecdote about the perfectionism. Is it? I'm mispronouncing it. Perfectionism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Perfectionism. Yeah. <laughs> but that's another one that jumps out to me, and that's what I'm saying. Like there, there are a lot of topics that you touch on in this book that even me personally, I can resonate with just purely off of my journey. And for me, I think I said it to you earlier. I think it's a really important book, especially for young people coming of age. Yeah. Right. Those that are coming out of school, going into college, those that are, will be going from college into university. Yeah. Even those that are actually coming out from university into real life, because these are poignant points that people can pick up on, read about and use in their real life. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no really an age limit on there. Mm. Um, I think it's for everyone in the topics. I agree. You know, it's like life advice, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something that you see. There are certain points where somebody might read this. It doesn't make sense to them in the moment. Mm. But then as they go on in life, as certain things start to... Yeah, they'll really feel what I say instead of just read it. Mm. Um, I think I've done that as well Mm. when I've read books and I'd be like... Yeah, I understand it, but now I really understand it. Right? Yeah. I get it now. Yeah, oh my I God, I'm it. in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> because I feel like a lot of people, yeah, they feel like they get it when everything's all good and people just love it and they enjoy when things are working. Yeah. It's when they're in the thick of it where it's like, oh my God, 
where you have to now use these principles to hold yourself together, to begin to learn to go through the process as opposed to like the current culture, which is like microwave culture. Everyone's used to just doing things quick. Yeah. Getting it now. If I do this, if I put this on Instagram, need to get the likes right away. Yeah. If I start a podcast, I better get a million views by next week. But then, you know, as we've stated, life doesn't always work that way, doesn't does it? No. So sometimes you have to go through the the processes. Yeah, I think as well. Um with the art of being understood, you, mm. I had to be very patient. Okay. Um um and that's because you know, I started it when I was 17, but then I uh left it for a bit. Mm-hmm. But I was like as soon as I got back to it, I was like, okay, I had to have that process of leaving it mm-hmm. and then go back to it. Okay. Because it wouldn't have been to the standard I wanted it to be. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's absolutely um, brilliant. So I know you touched on creativity. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. So creativity, again, that's me. I'm a creative at heart. Love that. But again, sometimes I can be a little bit to my peril because I spend too, a little bit more time on the creative parts than the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the laborious parts. Yeah. So I can only imagine what that's like, uh, you know, going through the process of writing a book because I imagine there's quite a bit of labor yeah, yeah that you could get a little bit carried away with the creative side. So mm. you tell us a little bit about that and how um, you dealt with that. I spoke about creativity because I think a lot of people lo- like can lose it. Mm. Um almost forget about it Mm -hmm. and then i've seen people reminisce on it like saying they wish they did this um created this and it's like um creativity is really important to me and i think everyone should have that balance between even if you go to university or college or just any Mm -hmm. study um you should have the balance between creativity yeah absolutely i mean how how do you you know, usually rile up some of your creative juices. How do you get inspired? Um, I'd say I watch a lot of YouTube videos. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's the only way to do it, really. Okay. Um, and like I said, yeah, I'm more creative at night. Mm. Uh, quite a night owl. There you go. No, absolutely. I mean, people do it different ways. Some people is like, um, you know, sports. Yeah. Exercise, you know, but I watch quite a... Um, a lot of youtube videos as well i just believe it or not i look i I watch quite a lot of uh talk content you know people speaking about different kind of topics i'm more drawn to that than oh the ted talks else no not necessarily ted talks like you know the free-flowing like podcasts like this yeah yeah people just sitting down speaking about life experiences yeah different things I'm, i'm drawn to that you know like i tend to i learn better when people are personable yeah and they just kind of being themselves as opposed to the um, sort of structured format do you yeah. know what i mean like the structured interviews and stuff i'm like i'll tune out but yeah. if somebody's telling me like an, an anecdotal story about themselves their childhood their life experience that tends to resonate with me um better yeah and that's how i i sort of draw some of my um you know creativeness yeah from that sort of thing <laughs> But yeah, carrying straight on, um, you said comparison kills individuality. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay, talk us through that. Um, I think comparison mm-hmm. 
is just not the way to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though we subconsciously all do it, mm. um, how how are you supposed to be yourself when you're comparing, comparing yourself. to someone else, someone higher, someone you think is better than you? Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. useless, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's flawed, to yeah. be honest with you, because you don't really understand fully where that person is coming from. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Because oftentimes, even people that do things, write a book or they're in movies or whatever it is that they're doing, they only show you the good parts. Yeah. Right? It's only now, the thing that you mentioned earlier about watching YouTube videos, I also love to go behind the process of doing something. Yeah. The amount of work that, that it takes to create. I love that. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. What did you do to make this happen? Right? And then that's when I found out, like there is so much work that goes into creating, especially even these movies that they do now, you know, Marvel movies yeah. for one five minute scene, they can prepare seven, eight months for a scene that Just will only take five, five minutes. Minute scene. The different bits and the, the uh, what do you, choreography yeah. and things like that. So, but then if you're somebody that's coming to it and you're watching it, right? Listening to it, you're like, oh my God, I want that. Yeah, you're comparing yeah. and you're thinking you want that but you don't understand that it. it took those people yeah. yeah that's what i was trying to say in the book you like you you only see a part of it you don't see the whole thing yeah and um i think it was one of the chapters where i was talking about how people always say they want this uh job with mm -hmm. money control and power they don't they want the idea of it of they want they <laughs> yeah, yeah. But are you willing you to take the responsibility of it. <laughs> yeah. of it? They got accountability. Similar to relationships, right? Yeah. I've seen people that paint perfect pictures of themselves and yeah. the kids. It's the same. I do it. We all do, right? Yeah. Like the pictures I'm going to put on the internet, like with my kids and my missus will be flattering ones. Yeah. But then if you were in our house, you know, <laughs> you're not there and the cameras are not rolling, it's not that flattering. So if you look at that image it will give you the wrong impression, the wrong idea, yeah. right? And even mentioned this, um, you know, to my wife, I'm like, listen, you want to, you see these kids, they look cute, my son and, and my daughter, but you want to come and experience us and, and you know, and yeah. see us as people for you to get a better judgment of um, who we are. Whereas if you just see Instagram and Facebook, it's not going to inform you, yeah. uh, you, you know, of who we are, which is why that point there, again, it really is pertinent in that comparison, yeah that's not really the the way to go yeah as a motivation sometimes i guess you know you can look at where people are levels yeah. wise and use that as a motivator yeah? yeah but not to use that as a hindrance where you're feeling like oh my god i'm not doing it enough. i'm not doing so it like, yeah how do i get there <laughs> yeah right because I, I think i mentioned to you earlier it's a process yeah and the process there's no substitute for time do you get what I mean? I think you mentioned earlier when you were saying, oh my God, you know, the way it's put, it didn't just happen overnight. Yeah. It didn't happen in a few months. It's actually taken more than a year. We're talking about two years, even the sound, like getting the sound to be where it is now, even working on getting it better took time. Yeah. So that was the very first thing in the process for, for the podcast anyway, relating it to it. It was getting the sound right. Yeah. Then everything else came. And then as everything else came, one by one, okay, how could this look? Okay, how can I get this better? How can I yeah. improve it? But then once we put out the episode and people see how lit it is and how HD it yeah. is, somebody will come and ask me, what cameras have you got? 
what what lights, right? I yeah. want to get it like you. I'll give you all the equipment that I've got, but I bet you you're still gonna struggle to yeah. get it where I am because it's a process. In, yeah. Do you get what I mean? So <laughs> I hear you um on that one. So you also speak on um how to handle criticism. Yeah. Yes. That was a Tell big a one for me. Mm-hmm. Um I think this one was mostly about this was a lot to do with the things I learned in university as well, because we learn about um, human connection and how people interact with each other. We learn about miscommunication. And from that, um, I think when we get criticism, um, it's also it's like a punch in the ego oh, yes. kind of thing. Ooh, um, yeah. And sometimes we can take it too personally when it's, yeah, it's not <laughs> that personal. It's just... Yeah constructive it can even be yeah no as a creative i know that very well yeah (laughs) i've said it several times i don't take criticism well but i take criticism that's the difference yeah yeah there are people that you will criticize them constructive criticism yeah they won't take it they are not going to change anything but that doesn't grow you yeah do you get what i mean whereas there'll be certain times where especially when it comes to creative work like i put so much into it that somebody will be saying something where it's fair and what they're saying is actually valid but i take it as like you're saying my stuff's not good what are you trying to say do you get what i mean so i take it personally and that sort of thing but i i guess that's a growing experience that's something that i'm um sort of learning about how to handle when people kind of give you uh, some criticism and the fact that it's actually important to take things on, take things on yeah. board and that sort of thing. But then also the autonomy is on you. You can decide to take certain things on or you can decide uh, not to. That yeah. Sort of thing. yeah. Like I said, um, well, we, we've all done it. We jumped to the defense <laughs> as soon as we get criticism, but that's, you know, that's a cycle. That's mm-hmm. how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. If we always jump to defense, we're never going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree with that one, but I think, yeah, it's a learning one for me. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they even encourage to say, as you go on, generally what you're supposed to do, this is something I, I, I'll be looking to do better as well. Interacting with my audience and finding out, you know, what they think. Yeah. Um, what they would like to see more. And that can be a little bit daunting because I think sometimes it'll come from a place where I'm like, oh, if they ask me for things, can I even do it? <laughs> what if they yeah. ask me for something that I can't give? So just take what, what, what I'm giving you. But no, I will say firsthand, criticism, very important, especially constructive yeah. criticism. Because there can be certain instances where you get people that are just being malicious. Yeah. Or they want to put you down because they feel inadequate so for that one you have, you have to watch out for that yeah but there are certain times where people will kind of give you some notes on what you're doing on how you should be better i think that that's all right yeah Not always i think easy. with the criticism mm. chapter it was um inspired by the quote never accept criticism from someone you wouldn't go to for advice oh wow yeah that's a bar so, we'll steal that one yeah <laughs> so that's what that was inspired yeah. by no absolutely so you move on and you speak about um, fear. You touched yeah. on fear doesn't define you. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> I had a gentleman um, on the podcast called yeah. Ahmad. 
And we did a whole podcast about fear and how to manage it, how to put it. Oh, that was such a brilliant uh, podcast. I can't remember which number it was, but Ahmad Juma. Was that his book man. about fear? Yes, his book it, about yeah, fear. Yeah, Shook Man, it, it was yeah. called. Yeah, absolutely brilliant guy. But then even the work that he's doing, he's, he's very interested. And we, yeah, we broke it down. But you say fear does not define you. What do you mean by that? Um, I think sometimes we can get caught up in fear and identity, um, mm -hmm. correlate the two when in it's not, like you don't have to associate fear with your identity. Um, it can be broken as much as, you know, I've struggled with it myself. Mm. Um, I think you just have, you get to a point where you just like, I have to move past this or I'll never move past this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you uh, on that one. Fear. Yeah, that's something that I can relate to um, as well. Even starting out with this podcast initially, I was like, I was focusing so much on getting it right from inception that I hadn't started. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like I was dreading it. I'm like, oh, if I said, what if it doesn't look the way? I, okay, let me keep on doing the research and watching more people do it before. So I was even afraid to, um, to start. Do you get what I mean? But um eventually i did thank yeah. god and i discovered that a lot of the things i was trying to get right it was just a waste of time because you can't get them right until you're in the process yeah when you're doing it and you're learning and you're failing and you're succeeding that's the only way um uh, to learn so being afraid almost becomes redundant like what's yeah. the point yeah it's careful? like right yeah. Yeah. yeah you get to a point where you just like you know, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it, yeah. I, I, I have to do it. Yeah, do it. Worst case scenario, something happens. You learn from it. Yeah. It educates you as to whether or not that's the path that you should be taking. It educates you as to whether or not you should take a different course yeah. or you should learn more. So I like I said, is. with the fear chapter as well, mm. I think regret is stronger than fear. I think, yes, you know, regret can live bar. on your conscience and fear yeah. is most, well, in most situations, it's just in the moment. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'd rather just take the risk. Yeah. It all go wrong. I don't care yeah. <laughs> as long as I've done it Absolutely. and tried it. Yeah. The, the regret one, the regret one is deep, right? Because yeah. regret, what happens is that <laughs> when you wanted to do something, you don't do it and it sits on your mind. You're thinking about how you could have done it. Yeah. You'll be thinking the about a hundred gone. ways yeah. on how you could, have, you could have done it and it just stays with you. Do you get yeah. what I mean? So I get that point where you're like, mm, regret is actually a strong emotion than, than, than fear. So yeah. you know, I don't want to be regretful. Let me get this done. If it works, absolutely great. If it doesn't, Hey, I've learned something. You move on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you also touch on the power of influence. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Um, <clears> this <throat> one was mostly about how we naturally influence from other people. And sometimes we don't even know it. Mm. Um, I think your environment is an important factor in your life. Mm, absolutely. And if you have the power to change that, um, then you know, it's important who you surround yourself with. Like I was mm. uh, doing an assignment and I was reading an article on solitude mm. and how it makes people more creative. And that's because they're influenced by themselves. Oh, and that's it. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Like free from distractions. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah? No, like it was about um, COVID and mm. how 
Oh. Uh, creative people became more creative yeah. because yeah, they was it on their own. changed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, there were people growing their hair. There were people not caring about <laughs> the smaller mundane things. Yeah. And there were like, I feel like situations were made and situations were broken for the better. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Because you come out of that whole thing educated. Do you get what I mean? I think I spoke yeah. earlier about the self-discovery journey. I feel like the best way to do that is actually to be self and to explore yeah, 100%, self, yeah. you know, and attach to influences, even to the people that you thought are most important. There's certain times where I feel like you should go through a certain period where you're outside the purview of influence, even friends, yeah. even the ones that are like, oh, we grew up together as kids. <laughs> I've always come outside of that, right? Because I feel like what that allows you to do as a person is to really reflect on your core values. Yeah. Like, who am I as a person? You know, all these things that my parents have been doing, pouring into me and university and things, who am I to the core? Yeah. Right. And then once you've, you've, you've asked yourself that question is, what do I actually want out of life? Where am I going? What do I want to be? Do the things that I'm doing, do they serve me? Are they yeah. going to carry forward with me outside what anyone else is saying? Because normally you will have people that will be telling you, oh, it's not a good idea because of this. And most times people are, are have got selfish motivations. Yeah. Even friends, right? The, their motivations are they want to keep you as a friend doing the things that you're doing because that's the most comfortable place, yeah. isn't it? To be, to be doing that. So, but the only way to come out of that is to have that on mental space to have that space where you do feel lonely yeah to have that space where you're like oh my god uh, i want to speak to this person but you know what i'm not i want the influence but i want so what would i do by myself yeah how would i influence? react without the influence of other people yes how do i feel and that changes you yeah as a person I think that's mm -hmm. why university changed me as well because I went from being influenced from all these siblings mm -hmm. to having to go to so figure it who, out. Yeah, mm -hmm. what do I do in this situation? Like, mm -hmm. how can I handle things on my own? Yes, you know because I wasn't used to being alone because mm -hmm. I had all like everyone around me mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, yeah. There you go. No, absolutely. So finally, you speak of pulling the blame game. What do you mean about on that one? I think we can blame things instead of actually looking at, at it as a whole. Okay. Um, like things not are not always your fault, mm -hmm. but there comes a point where you have to take that responsibility for. Absolutely. Um, say fifty. It's fifty-fifty. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> but also, it might have been. What did you do to contribute yeah. to it? Yeah. Yeah, it's about mm. having that deeper understanding. Mm. I think you can either get offended by that um, blame, like people confronting you and you blame, or you can self-reflect on it. And the mm. ones who self-reflect are the ones who I grow. I do better. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Like accountability is good for self. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? It's because, and I had to learn this the hard way. Only way, <laughs> trust me, there are a lot of things that I've just had to learn the hard way. And I'm like, oh my God. Only when you're accountable can you grow. Yeah. Because do you understand that when you're not accountable for things, you don't see the need to do better. Yeah. You don't see the need to grow or to to reanalyze, to reassess, to self-reflect. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? But when you look at certain situations and you think, okay, the situation didn't go right. But what part did I play? 
That's accountability. It's about looking at it as a whole. Not saying that, oh yeah, but that person did this. And yeah. They swore at me. Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah. But what was your part? Yeah. <laughs> what part did you play or how yeah. do you handle it? No wonder like now, when things happen in the moment, even if it hits me like a ton of bricks and somebody has offended me, I still take time to sort of think it through and reflect upon it as opposed to just reacting yeah. in the moment because that uh, reaction, immediate reaction can be so damaging, be so detrimental. Hence, sometimes you will get people that are trying to like draw you out. As we were speaking about earlier. Yeah. So there'll be, maybe it's because you make them, your very presence will make them feel insecure. Yeah. Because as I was mentioning to you earlier, like, wow, two books. <laughs> 19 that's that's something that's impressive for me i love those kind of stories because that's what i do i love to give voice and platform to people that are doing um you know those kind of things so that you can motivate the other people that are coming up the younger people yeah even the grown people but it's not everyone that thinks that way yeah some people your very presence draws out their insecurities where it's like some people it takes them longer to do certain things. So when they see you doing things at a young age and they're thinking at that age, they weren't doing that. They're thinking, what? So who do you think you are doing this at 19? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. oh, well, I think as well, yeah. it was about, um, I got a lot of closure from the art of being understood there you because go. it was about accepting people as they are, yes. whatever they say, they say like yes. you can't, it was about knowing that you can't change someone's perception mm. You can try, but mm. you, you know, it's not your responsibility, it's mm. theirs. And if they don't want to take it, then that's, then that's it. what it is. Yeah. And it's not always about you. Like, that's another thing. Yeah. Growing up, I used to take things personally. I used to take everything that happens, I think it's my fault. What did I do? Yeah. Not understanding that there are certain things that happen, might not hit you great, might not make you feel great, but it's not. Sometimes it's not even about you. Like, yeah. it's got nothing to do with you, it's more about the person. Yeah. So what happens, that's why I say, when you've done the work, you've been through it, you're self-reflected, it actually helps you be more comfortable with yourself where it's like you don't really take offense to every every little thing and you can have an understanding to say, it's just that person that might be going through what they're going through. So, yeah. And that's not really anything to do with me. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But yes. Interesting. The art of being understood. <laughs> um, is there anything else uh, you wanted to add today in regards to the book, perhaps that we we haven't yet um, touched on and that sort of thing? Um, I'd say the art of being understood. Mm -hmm. Like I said, yeah, it's closure um, from I've been in situations where I've been misunderstood mm -hmm. and just by me understanding other people and everything around me yeah it's closures to not take things personally and just grow as a person Relate. accept everybody as they are mm -hmm. and yeah yeah absolutely book when's it coming out has it got an official date when it'll be coming out i think february the first you i'm not sure february i'm not sure first? february is it the gonna first? be in stores february the first or um it will be in libraries in libraries yeah. okay will it be like on platforms where people can buy it will it? be on amazon okay yes um i'm publishing with another guy as okay. well yeah yeah so on amazon is that february the first yeah or should we say leave it out for later right okay <laughs> and also where can people find you in terms of obviously you've mentioned amazon is where they can get the book for starters is there anywhere else that they can be able to get the book 
Uh, through me, I sell mm-hmm. personal copies, and okay. a lot of people do ask for signed copies, which I was a bit surprised about as well. Yeah, because even it... when I was starting out, yeah. there was a lot of people said, "Can I have a signed copy?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. It's a collectible. I mean, yeah, mm. it will have more value later, so I can understand. Can understand why? So yeah, so you speak of yourself. Where can people find you on on social media? Um, I have Instagram, mm-hmm. and yeah. Oh, you you have is what's your what's your Instagram? Alicia XX. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it just Alicia? Yeah, it's just Alicia XX. XX. Okay. Okay. And is it just Instagram or is it anywhere else socially? Like, do you have Facebook or anything like that? LinkedIn. I don't really use um like Facebook and just Instagram. Yeah. Okay. No, that's absolutely fine. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, appreciate you coming, gracing. Um you know, us with your presence in our studio, telling us about your brilliant book. I most certainly will be going back to read more of it. Yeah. Glad to say I was one of the first people um, yeah. to read it. Really just impressed with the core content uh, of the book, not just yourself as a young lady, the fact that you're doing this and you're going to go towards encouraging younger people, but just the content of the book is actually pretty useful to me. Other books that I've read, I was telling you about the, the book about of habits of what the book is called but yes that helped me a lot and that changed a lot and i feel like your book reminded me of that book because it was kind of like a life manual yeah like gives you step by step you know instructions and with that particular book the guy used a lot of personal references and stories and i was like so gripped but then by the end of it as i started to apply some of the principles of it i could actually see the changes yeah you know in my own life and that sort of thing so yeah well done to you thank you kudos i look forward to the launch uh of the book guys it's been another episode of let inspiration take over podcast as per usual make sure you like share and subscribe um on youtube listen to us on all media platforms and that sort of thing until we chat again see you next time cheers <laughs>